Welcome to At Home with Kelly and Tiffany, where naturally-minded women gather together as we pursue simplicity and confidence in health alternatives so we can show up better in our busy lives and feel more at home in our bodies. Join your favorite home birth midwife duo for conversation, candor, and community. You're at home with Kelly and Tiffany. Yes, you are. I'm Tiffany. I'm Kelly. And we are your midwife duo bringing alternative health options and conversation to your ears in this moment. Right now. Congratulations. You are listening to Kelly and Tiffany. We're talking about adrenal health. Yes, we are. It's kind of like a, I wouldn't say like buzzword or like buzz topic, but it is gaining more traction in the health world. And I think women are starting to recognize that this is a thing. Yeah, I mean, it is essential to how we function and how our body handles the type of stress that we come in contact with. Yes, I think it was actually really validating for me to learn what adrenal health and adrenal fatigue actually were, because I was like, oh, now I have words to go along with what I am experiencing in particular throughout time in midwifery school. Yep. Makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, me personally, I am still Mm -hmm. learning how to recover from past times of intense stress and how to like take care of myself. Some stress is unavoidable. Yes. Most stress is unavoidable. Mm -hmm. It's really about us protecting those spaces and reacting to and with in a different way in order to care for ourselves. But some women who are going to hear this material today need clinical care in order to care for their adrenal health well. And so I hope that this information is just generally informative, but also I hope someone listening today that's like, ooh, that's exactly what's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And... I'm going to support myself in this area and get to work on my adrenals. Yes. Okay, before we dive in, I have a lot to share about adrenal health. It's one of my favorite topics because it was legit life-changing for me. But before we get there, we have a question that has been submitted. Hey, look at you guys. I know. There is a link in every episode of the show notes where you guys can click and ask a question. And we promise you if it's a good question, (laughs) we will read it and answer it on the show. So today's question is, I really like this one. This is the first one that was submitted. Good job. Why do I have heavy periods after having kids? That's a FAQ, man. Yeah, for sure. And while it's not everybody's experience, most of the clients who come into our office at like their three month postpartum office visit talk about, okay, when I have my first period, I've heard that it's supposed to be terrible, or I've heard that my periods are just going to be really, really rough after having a baby. And so that is the truth for some people. And it's also sort of this general like expectation. Yes. Yes. You're walking into your uterus being like, I'm going to bleed for all of these months that I never did. And you just have to get ready for the tsunami. Okay. So I Googled this just to see 
like if anyone had a midwifery perspective on it nobody did i'm sure no in fact like the first three results that come up they're like oh yeah well it's because your uterine cavity has changed in size now that it's been stretched out yes (laughs) and not to worry the solution is go get your period regulated with some medication from your Uh, doctor get an iud or get on the mini pill it'll be great oh my word terrible advice okay so what are some of the actual physiological things happening when women have heavier periods after having kids like say that they had great periods before yes go through a pregnancy and then the periods that come after pregnancy are just noteworthy there's probably 50 different things that we could go into so obviously hormonal changes are just so huge in this season the fact of not only going through prenatal changes in hormones but then birthing your baby, birthing the placenta, and now going into breastfeeding and the prolactin and all of that, it's just going to be something that it takes a while to regulate. But in that entire sphere, it's not just those hormones, right, that are shifting, things that are going on in your thyroid, things that are going on in your adrenals, things are going on if you're not sleeping or you're not nourishing yourself well. There's just a, a myriad of things that can impact this in particular. I do think it's helpful though to assess the idea of heavy periods because not everybody really knows like oh I'm bleeding a lot what does that mean you know and so you know if you're using pads or you're using a cup or you're using underwear all of that like you can kind of assess how much you're actually losing because it looks like a lot more most likely when you're you know using tampons and pads those are sort of created to make it look like you're losing more (laughs) Because they want you to buy more. Yeah. And there's a there's something to be said for, you know, potentially the period that you're having after kids, when you assess it from a clinical perspective like that, it could be more normal. Yeah. Right? That is true. Right? So there's just a lot of changes that happen in pregnancy. You could have had inadequate periods to begin with, which mm-hmm. I know sounds kind of crazy for people to say, like, why would why would having a really light period be a problem? And that just points to so many other pieces of hormonal and reproductive health that would be worth investigating. Yeah, good point. I think probably the number one cause of difficult periods postpartum in just for that, you know, when you're when you're having your first couple of periods coming mm-hmm. back is that is a lot of what you mentioned, like your sleep is wacky. You're not taking care of yourself as well because now your baby is your priority. Your hormones could be totally sillied up from so many things but also women who get their periods back really soon postpartum even if they're you know breastfeeding full-time or whatever I have noticed those do tend to be heavier they tend to be a little bit more cramping and bleeding and those types of symptoms that potentially they didn't have in previous periods before pregnancy yeah I think that is related to just inadequate recovery which would make sense Right? The body's like, I'm trying to do the thing, and it's trying to hit the mark, but not quite. And obviously, it's not necessarily anybody's fault in and of itself, but everything is uh, a communication. All of our hormones are telling us something, and the symptoms are actually telling us something in terms of what your body needs. Yeah, just generally how it's communicating. What do you recommend for somebody who's experiencing what they feel like is worse periods after having a baby? I think... 
going through one of the apps where you can actually track manually. What am I actually feeling? What's the intensity of it? How many pads am I actually going through or whatever it is you're using to collect your menstrual blood just to get a good baseline of what actually is happening. And then you can kind of assess from there too. Oh, look at these last few weeks. Like my sleep has been brutal. Even when my baby's sleeping, I'm waking up or look at what my nutrition has looked like. Those types of things, being able to assess that. Another huge part as well is just supplementation and recovery and how common it is for women to be depleted in iron postpartum. And so a helpful little thing that actually can contribute to losing more blood, which sounds sort of backwards, I guess, but a helpful little piece of understanding what's going on in your body. Agreed. And it sounds kind of silly to be like, oh, your sleep is wacky. That's what is, you know, messing things up. It's not just that. And obviously everybody's sleep is going to be a little wacky with a newborn, but not just sleep overnight, but how you're actually resting your body overall. We have an entire episode about postpartum periods. It's uh, Mm -hmm. number 85. And I'll link that in the show notes. So people who want to get like real nitty gritty with it. There's also one I'm looking for right now that talks all about what your period blood means. Oh, that was a fun one to put together. Yeah, 62. Episode 62, Decoding Your Period Blood. Oh, you're like a little sleuth. Little, uh... Little blood agent. Sherlock Holmes in your period blood. Yeah, your kids walk in on that. They are going to be disappointed. Ask (laughs) me how I know. (laughs) Okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, Mm -hmm. how stressed are you right in this season of life? That's a good question. If you would have asked me a few weeks ago, it would have been a lot higher. What would you have said a few weeks ago? I probably would have said like a 7. Ooh. What would contribute to a seven a few weeks ago? Just a lot of decisions and our own work stuff and my husband's work stuff. Just feeling like a lot of weight of decisions and options and future thinking, which is always a source of my anxiety. I'm like, this is so silly. What's going to happen in the future? (laughs) How can I control it right now? Yeah, that's my problem. But my body has and mind has definitely down-regulated. I'd say I'm probably like a three right now. Oh, amazing. It's actually been intentional yep. in bringing that down. I hear that for sure. This is the first week of this holiday season. I'm sure I talked about it in previous episodes mm-hmm. that we've done, but truly this is the first week in this holiday season that I've started taking my own advice about oh, good for you. how to not be a wackadoo. I mean, that was part of it. I had to write stuff out for myself. Gosh, it's embarrassing. (laughs) Like everything that I've probably ever said on this uh, podcast. And I'm like, oh, Kelly, you should look in the mirror and say those things to yourself because you know the information. Sometimes I forget it and sometimes I willfully disregard it. It's it's not great. I would say most of mine is willfully disregarding. Yeah. There's something called decision fatigue Uh or just willpower fatigue. I, I mean, willpower per- fatigue. Decision fatigue, that's its own thing. I meant to say willpower fatigue. Which I can see that. Yes. Aviva Rahm did an article on it that just blew my mind. I read it when I was in midwifery school and I was like, <laughs> yes, that's a thing. You can actually just be exhausted from not, like, not able to actually move forward because you are so zapped that you know that you have to change something and you have to do something different, but you have no energy because of how zapped you are to even move forward on a thing. Mm. 
It relates a lot to what we're going to talk about yeah. today. I'm going to link that article in the show yeah, that, notes. Yeah, that's a good word. Because th- that felt very validating for me because I'm a very, in general, before all of this happened to me, <laughs> before midwifery it happened, happened to me. It all happened. To me. Before I, I became the victim. <laughs> I consider myself to be a very high-achieving, yes. productive, task-loving yes. individual. Yeah, yeah. So when I came to a part in my life where... I was not easily motivated. Mm -hmm. I was overwhelmed by the simplest things. I was not able to have the output that I was accustomed to. It was extremely disorienting. And it's almost like you have two lanes that you can go in. Either the lane that's like, I am doing all the things and I have tunnel vision and I'm doing it. Or like, I couldn't possibly stop scrolling my phone and laying here because I can't do anything. You know what I mean? It's like one or or the other. Yes. being able to stay in that zone of productivity or like, oh, actually, I just literally can't even. Agreed. And that has been a good thing overall because I've learned a lot about intentionally slowing down, mm-hmm. how to take things off my plate, how to say no, how to create boundaries. Yeah. And that if you don't get to a breaking point mm-hmm. over and over again, yes, me then you don't get motivated enough to try to make some of those changes, which is just overall better for everybody. For sure. I think that's been part of my experience of, I just grew up like very much people pleasing and like, I'm just gonna keep the peace and I'll figure it out. And there's parts of my life that I still feel like I do that, but some of that is actually needed. (laughs) And then starting or continuing, I guess, to figure out how to be like, no, it's actually important for me to not please you in this moment (laughs) and that's okay yeah that's an episode in and of itself oh yeah i'm gonna make a note about that people pleasing it can basically just be a therapy session for me yeah i'll interview you on a scale of one to (laughs) ten kelly (laughs) okay wait what's your scale of one to ten I mean, Did you say it? I forget. Oh, well, here's the ridiculous thing. I was on vacation last week. Like beautiful oh, Utah. So beautiful. Yeah. It was gut rate. However, I was extremely unsettled in my spirit mm. because I had just left a week at home that was just so chaotic <laughs> yeah. and disorganized that yeah. although I could compartmentalize it and just enjoy, when I returned from my vacation, I was like, oh, F word. <laughs> in my heart. This is all still waiting for me yeah. here. I have to, you know, resort it. And that is not what I want this time of year to feel like or nope. do. And so I just had to take a really hard look at myself and say, Tiffany, no, you are a part of the problem. However, you can also be a part of the solution. Hey, look at that. Should you choose. So I don't know. I would say before I went on vacation, my stress level was at a probably like a six mm-hmm. on a scale of one to ten. And today I'm feeling more like a four because okay. I feel like I am happening to my life instead of just being like, well, this is out of my control and I can't do anything about yeah, that. Yeah. And no, there's like, there's actually things that we can do. We can make Ooh. some choices and some moments. I mean, one of those was you complaining yesterday about how out of shape you were on your bike <laughs> yeah. ride. And I was like, I got on the Peloton after not being on it for quite some time. And I'm like, not used to being at the bottom of everything that they call out, like, resistance or whatever. I'm just not used to it. It felt embarrassing to me. But then I was like, but then Tiffany was like, but you're moving your body. And I was like, yes, good. And I was like, anyway, interesting how I'm encouraging Kelly (laughs) 
in doing something that I'm struggling with right now. Yeah. So I went for a run and that was, I mean, that just changes everything. Everything. It changes everything when you take care of yourself. So I don't know. I'm like a four, five. Okay. Four or five. Less than it was. Less than it was. Some Um, space to downregulate a bit more. Yeah. And okay, so here, this is the funny thing. It's not funny. It's interesting. There's a, there are some things that are really funny. This is not funny. It's a little bit sad. How often do we take an inventory? Mm. Even when I asked you, you were like, I don't know. Yeah, it took me a second to sort think about a little it. stressed yeah. about things sometimes, but not, right? Yeah. Oh, well, and then we had five minutes to talk about your stress for me to formulate my number yeah, yeah. or my stress, yeah. right? So it's not something that you're used to taking like an inventory of and I think that's an important part too. Let's jump into (laughs) adrenal health. Sure. Let's do it. What are the adrenals, Kelly? What is that? Yeah, I once I actually learned what they are, I'm like, oh that actually puts context to what we're actually talking about. So there are these little glands, they're shaped like little triangles, and they're on top of both of your kidneys. And basically they're producing hormones that are responding to a lot of different systems within your body. In particular They are in charge of what's going on with your cortisol levels, which are stress hormones, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, they regulate your metabolism, your immune system, your blood pressure, your stress response. Which makes sense when you realize what they actually are in charge of, and then you hear the symptoms of your adrenals being on the struggle bus, and you're like, that tracks. Yeah, so as we interact with our day and the information that we come across as we are moving forward... Our fight or flight system is constantly being alerted to like, is this danger? Is this not danger? Mm -hmm. And your body is protecting you from experiencing the full spectrum of what being in danger actually feels like. Yes. And so the adrenals are a part of that response in order to try to keep your body from receiving the effects of stress constantly. But like everything, they can get worn out, they Mm -hmm. can get overworked. And some of that's like from external stuff and some of it's our own doing. Absolutely. Right? Like we can put ourselves into fight or flight with how we're undernourishing or over-exercising or something like that even too. When your body's like, I just, I need to survive here. I don't feel safe in what's happening. Yeah. And I think that we're getting really good at recognizing diseases that are related to stress response, mm-hmm. but it's not always the adrenal health itself that gets addressed. Sometimes yes. it's like the adjacent things that ha- tend to have a little bit more context. So while yeah. providers might be good at pinpointing the effects of adrenal mm-hmm. fatigue, using the root cause concept inside of that diagnosis and treatment sometimes it's lacking and so we get a lot of women in our office saying I did try to bring this to my GP or I did try to Mm -hmm. bring this up with my primary care provider and I was not given any answers no really it's either like it's either just like well yeah you're stressed that's just life or either that like that's really common right oh you're struggling to like get up in the morning. Yeah. Welcome to life. Or like the afternoon where you're just like, I cannot get off this couch because I am just so done. We generally have normalized that as like, oh, that's the afternoon crash. <laughs> that happens. Yeah. Just and jump so, up with a cup of coffee. Yeah, and you'll be fine. Yeah. And, and well, we don't know why you're not sleeping well either. I but... don't get it because you're drinking your coffee at four. So anyway, yes, those, those, that root cause and also just the steps that come before 
being in a full-blown syndrome or disease, that really matters. Really matters. Yeah, it sure does. Let's talk about the symptoms of adrenal fatigue so that women can kind of start unpacking if this is happening to them. Yes. So uh, I mentioned one of them, difficulty getting up in the morning. So your cortisol really regulates itself overnight. And if you're just not getting sufficient sleep, or even if you're sleeping, but you potentially aren't sleeping well, your cortisol still is just going to be out of whack. And again, it's just going to prevent some good deep sleep, which in and of itself also creates this spiral of messing with your blood sugar too, which as we've spoken about in other episodes is going to mess with your sleep too. And so you're kind of stuck in that little cycle. Yeah, it's a hard cycle to get out of, but we're going to give you guys some tools at the end of this in order to claw your way out of some adrenal fatigue. Yes. High levels of fatigue, like we talked about the... I just can't even. Yeah, it's not just like, oh, boy, I'm feeling a little tired. It's like bone tired, just that fatigue of not having it in your tank whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, you a healthy person can have some interrupted sleep sometimes mm-hmm. and can have some normal amounts of like, oh, I'm tired. I'm going to rest a little bit more. But if yeah. it is a normal occurrence that you're like, I'm tired all the time yes. or I'm extremely tired at some point during most days, yeah, that would be something to pay attention to. Absolutely. And then if you're exhausted all day and then all of a sudden you get into bed at night and then you're like, bing, I'm awake. Now I can think of all the things that I wanted to do and now I can't get to sleep. My brain's on, but also my body has all this energy and I'm ready to go. Again, we're coming back to that cortisol where it's just spiking for you in the evening. And so what happens is throughout the day, your adrenals are like, I'm trying to pull it together. And then it's just like, I can't, right? It gets exhausted in the afternoon. And then that cortisol is like, "Mm, sorry, now we're awake. Yeah. And that can happen even to healthy people. Yes. I can be in a really healthy state and not go to bed on time, get a second wind and then just be like fried for sleep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So if you guys know when your second wind happens, even if you don't have these symptoms, just to protect your sleep space, don't let yourself get into that second wind space because that over time is going to zap all your good sleep. Also, like emotional fragility Mm -hmm. is a sign. And we see this a lot in postpartum, which postpartum is a time of adrenal stress. I mean, for sure. You have gone through pregnancy and birth. You have had to have so many hormone activations in order to get up overnight and make milk for another person. So, if you are experiencing that type of fragility and you're outside of your immediate postpartum yes. time, that would be an indicator. We're talking like very easy to cry, rage, mm-hmm. quick, quick to be ragey and angry, getting overwhelmed really easily. Having anxiety about things that are not true, worrisome issues, right? Like a irrational yep. anxiety yes. or, or an increased sense of anxiety that doesn't seem like there's an increased amount of mm-hmm. stress in your life. Irritability, even the opposite of all that, which is like, I could work up a care for these things, but now my response is Completely complete apathy. apathy. Yeah. yeah. And just being like, I'm just a robot person this is the way i cope is i don't have the energy to respond to my increased anxiety and weepiness and irritability and so therefore i just will not have emotions yeah i'm just not going to engage in it yeah that should be red flag to you ladies 
Yes, it should. I have found myself in that space before. Oh, yeah. Come. Yeah. It's, it's a roller coaster for sure. That's when my kids are like, oh, no. Oh, no. My mom that, is like, that so mom is coming out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just be like, well, all right, children. I guess lessons are over for today. And I'm just going to go lock myself in my room for a little bit. And they're like, uh, wow, that is so creepy. Yeah, that's like <laughs> worse than when you are the other way. Yeah. Why are you talking like that? Okay, more cravings for super salty food. And not just like, oh, I'd like salt on my food, but like the really high salt foods. And so when we think about, again, where the adrenal glands are over the kidneys, right, that's going to be a big part of how that all plays into it in terms of how the kidneys actually work in helping our bodies work through some of that salt. And so some of what's produced in the adrenals actually helps regulate fluid, mineral excretion in the body. And so when they're exhausted, then we end up excreting all those minerals into our system that we actually want to keep in there. And then we are finding ourselves in this whole, you know, cycle of imbalance in our bodies. And so then the body is like, well, we got to kind of get back our sodium levels, right? We lost some of that. And then all of a sudden you're like, I, that's all I want. I just want tortilla chips and I just want, you know. Pretzels. Yep. Is that your? Yeah. (laughs) Crunchy pretzels. Yeah. I like to get the really big ones. Oh, yeah. This is going to gross some people out. Sorry. Warning. Okay. I like to get the really big pretzels, and then I like to bite all the salt off mm. first. Okay. And then eat the pretzel. My toddler likes to suck that off it's... and then hand me the sucked pretzel for me to eat as if it would be good. She got the salt off for you. Thanks. <laughs> Check her adrenals. But yes, salting your food with like good quality salt, good. Binging on like high sodium salty foods consistently, or that's all your body really wants. It's just a helpful thing to keep in mind of, you know, the grand scheme of what your body's trying to tell you with that particular craving. Yeah. And a lot of this, ladies, is something that is potentially going on and that you've never really thought to pay attention to before. That's a big part of just body literacy and understanding what your body is trying to tell you. And hopefully the symptom picture, all of these pieces together or several of these items together, yep. uh, potentially send a message. It's all communication. The last symptom I want to share that tends to be a big part of that picture is a weakened immune system. And so maintaining a balanced cortisol level, it's a little like Goldilocks, right? Like. A little bit of this. This porridge is too yeah. hot. Your cortisol wants to be just right. And when your cortisol is elevated, that triggers the inflammation response in your body. It makes you less adaptable to stress. Stress mm-hmm. we know is related to weakened immune systems. And then your body just can't fight off things like it used to because it's just in a state of panic and inflammation. Yeah, for sure. I I remember in college, every single, and I was on the quarter system because I went to UC school, and every single time we had finals coming up, I was always like, and I'm going to get massively sick at the end of this because I was stressed out all week, not sleeping, like studies, you know, and like high expectations. And then my body would be like, I can't do it anymore, right? And I noticed that in times of stress and like, ooh, I got to chill my body or my mind out because I'm way more likely to catch whatever it is my kids have or whatever's going around when I'm in that space. Yeah, it definitely is a risk factor for 
illness for sure. Or I think another part of that too is like in areas of high stress, you can hold it together when it's absolutely necessary, right? And then as soon as it's not absolutely necessary, you finish that last whatever. It's like your body's like, oh, okay, I can finally like work through all of the stress that I was experiencing in that. For sure. There's there's a handful of other symptoms too. Mental health stuff in particular can be highly connected to this. Pain in your joints, like in your body, libido issues, having a low libido is a part of this. Darker circles under your eyes, even if you are getting sufficient sleep. New respiratory, like breathing issues, dizziness, even if you're like, I just ate, but why am I feeling this way? As well as some unexplained or unexpected weight gain too. Some things to kind of keep in your back pocket of your assessment of what's going on. And we have so many things that you guys can actually do about this. Yes. You have listened to us harp a lot on just good general wellness and health things. Taking care Uh of your body, putting good foods in your body, prioritizing sleep, all of that really matters. So having those foundations to begin with is really important. Yes. But when you just need to do a thing because you're like, I am in a space where I can't have all the foundations prepared for myself right now. There's a lot of things that you can do to start to just ease the amount of overwhelm that's happening if your adrenals are telling you that they're getting overworked. Yeah, for sure. We're big into like add a couple of these easy things in rather than like overhaul all of these or take all these things out. Taking stuff out is sometimes really hard, right? And so adding a couple things in as you get your bearings can be helpful. Yeah, I'm a believer in as you are adding things in, you will realize that there is not space for everything to exist together. Yeah. And so as good things start to get added in, naturally some of the less desirable parts of your lifestyle are going to have to be butt out because yes. there's just no space for them. Okay, four aptogenic herbs for stressed and tired ladies is the next part of information that we want to share with you guys. Adaptogens are herbs that help the body and the mind adapt. Ah, that's what it means by adaptogens. (laughs) Adapting to stress and stressors. So they are soothing to the nervous system. They Mm -hmm. keep inflammation low. They allow your body to recover better from Mm -hmm. stressful incidences. Do you take adaptogens? Yes. Like daily? I do too. Yeah. You just can't. I just decided I cannot. I cannot not. I cannot not. <laughs> yeah. There's too much normal stress happening in my life Yeah. that I've not so far reached a place where I feel less stressed enough to not keep doing all the things. I just don't think in this point in this season of family life and work life and everything that I am a candidate for like being a chill person. <laughs> On my own. You know, as we're talking about this, though, and I was saying like a few weeks ago, and that was like in the midst of being like very under supplemented in terms of what my what I normally take. And I was not doing this. No. Stress. I don't have time to swallow a pill. I don't have time to take care of myself. Didn't I tell you I was stressed? Right. Okay. Here's the four herbs that we want to share that just create better resistance Mm -hmm. and are less stimulating to you when you're exhausted. So instead of crashing in a stressful moment, your nervous system can kind of like regroup better. Let's you perform, feel better despite the situation. We're not saying that you're going to be able to magically 
reduce your stress. This is just the... Yeah, this is not the be-all, cure-all. Metabolic response inside your body. Number one is ashwagandha. Ashwagandha. Ashwagandha is great for stress and anxiety in particular. That's probably like the most common, like if you were to search for like adoptogens, you know, online, that's probably the first one that pops up most of the time. It's a really, it's very broad ranged, Mm -hmm. great for everybody. If you're pregnant or nursing, you can check in with your care provider, but we say it's an okay one for our clients to take. Mm -hmm. Rhodiola. Yep. For physical and mental fatigue. Mm. That mental fatigue. Yeah, or like if you're physically tired because of physical stress happening to you, right? Like this would be a great one to take after exercise Mm -hmm. or if you're just having to carry on through a season of sleepless nights. For sure. Holy basil is great for physical and mental stress, but also stress-related anxiety, depression, and can improve memory and thinking ability. And it's holy. And it's holy. What a perfect adaptogen to weave into your Christmas preparations. (laughs) Some for you, some for you. We're going to make that a part of our Advent routine. And now the holy basil. (laughs) But mostly a bunch for mom. Yep. And then last is turmeric, which is anti-inflammatory, helps Mm -hmm. with depression, mental fatigue, and physical sluggishness. Turmeric is a great one to have on hand just in general. If you don't have it in your own home little medicine cabinet, go grab some. Okay. And so like, how are we going to take all of these herbs? You guys have multiple options here. One is find a formula that's already blended in many of these Mm -hmm. for you and just start taking that in capsule form every single day. We'll list a couple in the show notes that we particularly like and recommend as far as adaptogenic herbs go. The other one I'm going to offer to you in another auditory recipe. The crowd loves it. Okay. (laughs) So you're going to get herbs ground up into a powder and we can list that in our show notes too. So you can know exactly what we vouch for as far as like herb safety and quality but like you don't need your own little mortar and no bowl. you can buy it this in fact way. i don't recommend <laughs> yeah. that so you know when you go to this you know when you go to the spice section at the store uh-huh. and they have all these little containers full of this look at that these spices right i mean tons of those are actually herbs isn't that fascinating uh, but you can find this plant form in this ground up form like spices too okay here's the recipe Two-part turmeric. Two. Two-part ashwagandha. Ooh, two. And one-part cinnamon. It's the old two-two-one. The old, you guys know us <laughs> with the two-two-one. That's great. Adaptogenic recipe. And especially with the cinnamon, too, this is going to taste pretty good. Yeah, I mean, cinnamon is really great for blood sugar regulation, mm-hmm. memory function, anti-inflammatory, mm-hmm. yeah. immune-boosting. It makes the list of a lot of great herbs, but I mostly put it in there for the taste so that you can yes. use this powder to dump into smoothies, teas. I even put it in really milky coffee sometimes. I make kind of like a golden milk thingy. Golden milk thingy. Golden milk thingy. 221 golden milk thingy. Yep. That's great though. And I think in particular, I, I, I mean, I'm fine swallowing pills. Like I could take 20 a day and actually not be bothered. But is that always the best way to receive some of this stuff? So having something like that that is powder form that you can be intentional with 
there's something about that when I like put certain things in my coffee or in a tea and drink it. I'm like, look at this good thing of like self-care that I'm have like invested something in, even if it's just heating some water. I don't know. There's something nice about that. It's also the most economical way to enjoy herbs is by getting it loose leaf or loosely ground yourself and incorporating it into your diet. Yes. And like you said, the most intentional way to say I'm taking care of myself, the same way that we ingest food, incorporating it into food items. Yes. I don't know. It could just do something for your brain there. Yeah. I think, I think it does. A couple other things that we want to share in order to care for your adrenals. So hydration, we always come back to that one, right? Nourishing your body well with an adequate amount of water. Assessing, as we were talking about, caring for your body well and the food that you put into it. Assessing your diet and looking towards more hormone balancing foods and just ways of eating to balance that blood sugar well. And so that's a huge part, right? What you're drinking, what you're eating. Also, just how you're navigating through the stress that you're feeling. So taking a moment, how is your body feeling? Focusing on slow breathing to kind of bring your heart rate down, getting comfortable with kind of relaxation work, which is so helpful not only for your body, but for your mind too. That's kind of a lost art, or at least it feels that way for me because maybe it's lost on me. (laughs) It's a lost art for me. But developing the habit of... When I'm stressed, I mean, this is like how we talk through our kids through their right. emotional issues, right? Deep when I feel this way, yep. I, my set decision on this is I stop what I'm doing and I care for myself in this specific way. Yeah. We're big fans of methylated B vitamins as well. That's going to be really helpful for boosting some energy. They're great too for skin, mental health, brain function. All around, that's like if you're going to be on... A supplement that's a great one to toss into the mix as well as magnesium we we talk about magnesium a lot just because it's so powerful it's such a heavy hitter our bodies love it so much so it's great for restoring your system calming down your system hormone balancing like blood sugar balance balancing your cortisol too and so if, if any of these pieces have been like oh that kind of sounds like me that's a great one to Add in actually all of those things that we have mentioned are all great ones to be focusing on or thinking about. Yeah, and luckily you get to just decide what is a manageable thing to fold right. in here. Yeah. Right? If anybody's listening right now and they're like, I have all the symptoms that you have listed or I have most of those and it's really severe and impacting my life, you're going to want to get to a functional medicine doctor, a naturopath, or a midwife with good comprehensive knowledge of general health so that you can get some testing done on your mm-hmm. just the functionality of your organ systems and blood chemistry and hormone panels and stuff like that in order to get a baseline for how all of this symptomology is actually impacting what's happening in your body and get some really targeted one-on-one treatment. So what we're suggesting in some of these home remedy type ideas is just to give some general support to the average person who's experiencing a normal amount of stress and how to care for how your body is working through that. But we do have one more thing that we have loved. I've loved learning a bit about these and actually starting to implement them in my life. And we have a little freebie for you all about it. Adrenal tonic. The beautiful one midwifery adrenal tonic. 
simple. Simple, but it sounds fancy. It does. And like they call them adrenal cocktails too. I'm like, ooh, ooh. What, ooh a co- wow, what do I have to get for that? Which is why we put together the simplest possible recipe that we could because we're all about the simple. We like simple stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have included a downloadable recipe that is going to be easy for you to implement in our show notes. Click on that link and be taken to that fancy adrenal tonic. I think tonic. it's like it's like three. It's um, three or four things, and you probably have them all or ninety percent of them yeah, at home. Throw it in your throw it in your cup and, and slug and that enjoy your slug tonic. that tonic down. Yes. Woo! All right, ladies. That is it for today. It is. What an episode. We really... I hope it's timely. It was like an emotional roller coaster. That's how it felt to me, too. (laughs) Relived some hard times. Rejoiced in the good. Confessed a lot of things I didn't think I was going to say. Yep. But, you know, we're just like you. Kelly and Tiffany, they're just like you. Uh, Ladies, we we will catch you next Monday. Enjoy your tonic. Bye. Bye.